podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Rap Liverpool. You look drop dead gorgeous this evening. The weather is stunning. Uh, I'm pre-recording this at 4.15, but I've got that much faith it still will be whilst you're driving home right now at half past six, Liverpool City Centre. Looking drop dead gorgeous. Opposite me, I've got Ian Ryan in shorts, Carl Kopak in shorts. Rob Gutman doesn't wear shorts in Great Britain, that fair? <laughs> yes, that's right, Neil. It's a strict policy. I live by it. <laughs> are, you not, are you not worried about it? Could, you, could your commitment to this ebb this weekend, maybe? No, no, I'm prepared to sweat and chafe with, uh, with for, for my for my art. What an image! <laughs> and you love. I mean, I mean I've, I've, I, it's fair to say you've got your own blog. Rob Gutman sweats and chafes. Yeah, yeah, goes very well. You love sweating and chafing. It's it's the hair shirt that you were born to wear. It's almost like a band name, isn't it? <laughs> the, sweat. <laughs> the Sweat and Shapes are playing Sound City this weekend. They'll be fantastic from <laughs> start to finish. Uh, what a set. Uh, what a set they've got lined up for you. have got Ian Ryan and Carl Kopak with me as well. Really good to have them on this fabulous day. They don't have to come and do this, as we often say. Uh, but they choose to do so, to spend time with you, Liverpool. So please be grateful and welcome them with open arms to talk about the Reds. And to talk a lot about money. More about money than we might like, uh, Ian Ryan. In that... It doesn't have, like, I can't work this summer out. All the stories that are bouncing around the place, everything that's going on. I'm just not sure. We're talking about Liverpool spending a, what I think is a lot of money this summer, but it doesn't have to look as though it could go quickly. Yeah, when you look at what's come out in the last couple of days, where, uh, especially today, uh, I think, actually, Melissa Reddy's done, done a piece uh, for Goal, actually, which I noticed before, where Leipzig are now looking at, uh, reportedly, 50 million for for Naby Keita, which seems to have jumped up by about 20 or 30 from when we were initially interested. Uh, and they've also come out and said today, actually, uh, Ralph Reichenack, who's uh, the sporting director, that they're not looking to sell. So it, it seems if Liverpool are going to go and get one of their main targets, they're going to have to go big. Um, and that obviously coincides with the interest in, in Virgil van Dijk. Again, you're looking at 50 million as a minimum. We won't be the only ones interested. Um, so if you are going to go and get your two, what we are led to believe are our two main targets, we are going to have to go near as damn it 100 million um, before we've even obviously looked at the rest of the squad and I think you know, we've touched this on a number of other shows this Liverpool team probably needs I would say five or six additions maybe even one more um, so if you're going to go and spend 100 million on two players they've got to be good lads and you may be looking at then actually shipping a few out not too many mind you but shipping a few out to make sure you've got enough money to go and spend it I'm going to keep one back for a minute Carl uh, the gut mania the excitement of this it's that it's Last summer and this summer, I suddenly feel like two different places. And maybe we'll be wrong. And maybe as ever, what's what's mooted will be different when it all comes out in the wash. But if Liverpool are going to be buying as one of the ten richest clubs in the world, which they are, then it does suddenly feel as though they're being catapulted into the transfer fees of one of the ten richest clubs in the world. Well, this is this is what we get when we get Champions League. This is the step up you make. So suddenly you can't suddenly start buying people at fifteen million and hope they're going to win the Champions League for you. You can't do that anymore. So if we're prepared to be serious in the Champions League and the manager said we are, he said this is the bare minimum now, we have to do this, then they're going to have to play, pay that sort of money. They're just going to have to do that. You can't, we, we can't shortcut anymore, which is what we've done in the past. And that's what we did in uh, uh, at the end of 2014 season when we just bought like 15 lads for 40 million or something stupid like that, whatever it was. That was a lot more than that, obviously. But, um, or possibly even net. But no, we, we need to start buying people at 30, 40 million. We just have to start doing that now because this is the shop we now shop in. This is the shop we're now shopping, Rob. Uh, so let's get stuck into the gut mania. Mm-hmm. Um, what what should the budget be and what will it be? This is the first summer. Uh, I th- 
because because we managed to balance books and just just because it, it was the way it worked out last year Klopp got who he wanted and he he got rid of who he wanted and we got some good fees for the for the for those players like Benteke and Jordan Ibe yep. and Joe Allen so we balanced the books last year but last year coming into this year is the first year where the uh the new TV money deal money is available yep. Liverpool I saw a report the other day will yield through finishing fourth in the Premier League about 142 43 million which is only about 10 million shy of what Chelsea get but it's treble I think what what there's the sort of return you'd have mm. got for finishing in that sort of place three years ago so this is what is interesting not so much that that the budget is going up and it's right that it should because they spent little last year and the TV money's here and the Champions League money's here it's that Liverpool seem to be talking up that they have this budget now in a way we had sort of briefings whatever you want to call them reports two months ago through some credible journalists that Liverpool could spend approaching 200 yeah, million this summer million, yeah. and, and I started watering I, I, I don't <laughs> think I don't think that's a big sum of money in today's market quite frankly of course it's a big sum but for a, as you say for a top 10 I think you might see some 250s and 300 mils being spent around, certainly well, around the Premier League. Monaco's Bernardo Silva is set to join Manchester City today for 60 million. He becomes Guardiola's first summer signing. He's 22 years old and he breaks Manchester yeah. City's transfer record. There you go. Slow start to the summer. So, um, and as we're seeing, a, a centre, the, the, the must get centre half is a 50, 60 million pound lad. But the writing was on the wall last summer when, when, when people whose career weren't in the ascendancy, like Brad Smith and Jordan Ibe, were sold for a combined 20. 20 million pounds that Liverpool were able to get their money back on a striker who's uh, who's worth really had really halved I suppose in any normal period Christian Benteke they were able to get 30 million back on him yeah. so when we talk about Liverpool spending 200 million it's it seems not inconceivable but more than possible that Liverpool pull in 50 60 70 million mm. so the net would be around the 130 million mark no nobody should be clapping I think the owners if we do spend 200 million this summer I'm not saying it's a minimum either 160 60 may do the job, but I do think we're talking north of 150 in terms of Liverpool's gross spend this summer. And if it tops 200 million, no one should be surprised. You know, you know what, Rob? I'll be, I totally agree. I'll be slightly disappointed if we don't get near the 200 million mark, given that we've not really spent a penny in the last three transfer windows. You mentioned City there, Neil mentioned Bernardo Silva, 60 million. City will probably go and spend 60, 70 million just on fullbacks this summer. Yeah. Guardiola's already referenced that the fullbacks he's got on fit for purpose, they've been like Mikhail Walker at 40 million. Um, they'll probably go and sign at least another one. Sabaleta's uh, gone. Sabaleta's gone. Yeah. Clichy's going on a free. So they're going to spend 60, 70 million, probably on fullbacks alone. Liverpool, to, to keep pace, are going to have to go and spend towards 200 million. Now, at the end of the day, you want Jürgen Klopp to have the right players, not necessarily the ones that cost the most money, the ones that he wants, and you want to make sure they get over the line. But as Carl mentioned before, there's no shortcuts now. You're not going to be able to spend 40 and 50 million and keep pace with some of these boys. So, yeah, it, it needs to be around those figures. What's interesting is is that the inflation seems to be mainly in the fee rather than the wages for now, uh, which means the money is just circulating around football. So, so you get things like, oh, God, they've spent uh, 40 million on a, on a right-back, but they've got 20 million back on a reserve right-back. It's... it's no, I'm not saying the numbers are false, but they are crazily inflated. I mean, I think we're still talking almost 100% inflated on 24 months ago in terms of values. So? So? So, where does that leave us for the Reds? And, and, you know, suddenly things are sort of scrambling around all over the place. It's, you know, you can feel as though it's going to take a lot, uh, a, a lot just to just to keep pace. 
yeah. Rob. And, and and so, you know, we're, we're, again, we're, we're talking here of 100 million conceivably being spent between Van Dijk and Keita before anything goes in anywhere else. And Liverpool now have no additional strength in depth in attack, which is one of the issues that they've had through the season. Strengthening at centre-half is clearly a priority and it's something I hope Liverpool do first insofar as they can. But this is... You know, to have to have seen a hundred million disappear uh, doesn't leave you and, and without buying the lads who put the round thing in the rectangular thing. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, if, if centre halves are fifty million now, you know, we're, we're talking about the must-have eighteen-year-old at a hundred million. That's yeah. staggering. Not the world's best player, an up and an up and comer. The he's not even a Raheem Sterling level. Well, okay, maybe he's Raheem Sterling level of. Two years ago, right, that the going rate then was an inflated. What people considered, an, you know, an, again, an eye-watering fifty million. It's now an eye-watering hundred million. So for Liverpool, who is the who are the marquee forwards Liverpool are after? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Apart from Mbappe, who's been maybe a bit fancifully linked, but the bit like with Salah players like Julian Brandt and okay, Mohamed, Timo Werner, of Salah as well as Neil mentioned. There's well, let's look one. at Salah, right? As a, as a realistic, right? he's not stellar in European terms. I think he'd be a really good signing. He could surprise people, push on with his excellent year at Roma. But I think Liverpool go knock on Roma's door, and Roma will go fifty million, and then and then and then trying to, or maybe even or maybe even start the bidding at sixty million. I don't think you're getting that sort of lad for twenty five anymore. So as, as you said, two hundred million doesn't look fanciful. But I was, one of the points I was trying to emphasize last time is, at least I'm quite pleased Liverpool are being bullish. They're trying to attract players to the project now. In the past, there's been yeah. a note of caution for fear that we would be fleeced. You sensed, uh, and fans often join this. Yeah, Liverpool go. We're we're on a budget. It's limited now. Every time, have you got money to spend? And Klopp go, yep, we got money to spend. It looks yeah. great. He's nothing but bull- he's nothing but bullish about this. Whereas in the past, it's always we'll see. I believe I'll be backed, but we'll work within a budget. That's been cautious. The- Markovitz, yeah, yeah. Markovitz is the perfect example of that. Twenty million. It's a bit of a risk, but it's not going to break you if it doesn't go right. Yes, we can't do that anymore. I, I think on that, Rob, as well. I think you know we we all around the table. We all see Liverpool still as an elite level football club. And that's great, and you know lots of people would agree with that. But you've got to go and act and conduct yourself like an elite level football club as well. And I think at times over the last three or four years, we've not done that. We've, and we've mm, not been involved. Exactly. We've not been in, involved in enough of these high level conversations when it comes to serious footballers. Um, so hopefully there's a, there's a there's a bit of a change, and hopefully the owners, obviously having conversations with the manager, know that you can't do this on a shortcut anymore. You can't do it on a shoestring budget if you want to go and be successful. You've got to put your money where your mouth is. And as I say, it's not always about spending the most money in the summer because you want the manager to get the right players, but you don't want them being prevented from getting some of those players. And you felt over the last number of years, there's almost been one eye on, actually, we won't go for that player. We'd rather go for somebody else and, and manage within a budget. And I don't think we can be doing that anymore. So, so the manager's basically said, I've got to the owners, I've got where you want us to be. Now it's your Back job. Me. Now it's your job. I've, got, I've done the impossible yeah. thing. Now it's up to you. The interesting thing is City's move. I think this. I I, I wonder what uh, effect that will have on the the, the transfer market. Mm. It's very decisive this by City uh, if they secure the silver deal in the next twenty four hours, as is mooted. And let's talk to Kyle Walker. You know, by the middle of next week, could follow suit probably for another round forty. So City could be a hundred million in. That's doing your business early. Klopp preaches doing that, um, and he's. he's, he's put notes of caution out about it's not always possible you know you've got to do negotiations City aren't messing around here and if Liverpool want to walk the talk I think I think they may have to uh, sit up and go well okay we want Van Dijk let's get Van Dijk that's what United did didn't they when they got Nani and Anderson yeah they're like a week after the season had finished 
He put, he put like down straight away what 60, 70 million, whatever it was. Yes. For the pair of them. You can yeah. see the, 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 the potential Griezmann deal could now suddenly start to gather pace. You know, United have secured Champions League football and all of a sudden that Griezmann deal now starts to edge a little bit closer. Whereas you thought before they got themselves guaranteed Champions League, maybe Griezmann was taking a little bit of a step back. We'll come back more on this after the break. This is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Good to have Ian, Carl and Rob with us for this one this week. Don't go anywhere. Back in a sec. Anfield Wrap Radio City Talk. That is Genesis with Invisible Touch. Back with Ian, Carl and Rob. And this, what this throws open, Rob, is that... If I go Carl first on this, because Carl, you were quite adamant there. Liverpool almost shouldn't be looking for bargains. Let's, let, let's throw that out there. If Liverpool aren't looking for bargains, then... Let's even hypothesise Liverpool are going to spend somewhere over 150 million quid, maybe 200 million. That could only get them five players. So where do you want your five players to be? I'll just do the easy ones, OK. <laughs> uh, you know, central defender and left-back is my first thought, and then a goal scorer. I know people want a central midfielder first, but I think you've got to replace the people who are going. So I imagine Lucas will go. Um, Sacco is obviously gone. Um I'm still not happy about the left-back situation at all because I still don't think this is controversial, but we haven't got a left-back at the club yet because I don't count Moreno. I think well, he'll go anyway. He's, so. I think he's going to go anyway, yeah. And Milner's 31, 32 now, something like that. So. Yeah. so we need to cover at least. At least he needs cover. So I'm spending it there. I think we will get bargains, but I think that's because the squad is light. So I think we will need backup for things like, you know, the other, the FA Cup and League Cup and things like that. But yeah, I think first of all, I'd like to see the left-back situation sorted out. That, that may not be your marquee signing, obviously, but because I think that's going to be a striker. I think that, I think this is one of the reasons why you're not going to get the left back situation. So yeah, I think that's the problem. Yeah, I think you're going to get. I think he's going to buy a, a youngish. He's going to try to cut his cloth at left back, whether it's a lot at Fulham, a, a stop, uh, whether it's the young lad from Fulham, or yeah. it's a stopgap uh, Robertson as an example. Yeah, he's going to yeah. just go for one or the other. I don't think you're going to. I, I I can't see. I just can't see Klopp doing 30, 35 million on a left back. No, I don't, I don't think he'll do that much. But I think he, I'd like to see him buy someone strong for that position in a sort of this is your shirt for 10 years if you earn it I'd like to see that rather than let's throw in the equivalent of John Flanagan again it will be interesting what he does there because Cessna on a Fulham's very highly rated but he's 17 years he's old really young yeah so if Milner does his hamstring week one are we asking a 17 year old to go and play Premier League football straight away yeah. it, fe- it feels risky and that said I don't think Milner's got another 60 games in a season in him there was times last year um, you think it's Sunderland away uh, in January where he was he was flagging. Watford. He was at Watford as well. Watford as well. He had to keep playing them. So it will be interesting to see what he does there. I take Neil's point. I, I think he'll be looking to to maybe shortcut it a little bit where he can. So I don't think he goes and gets another goalkeeper. I think that's fairly done yeah. and dusted now. He stays with Minilay. And I think he probably does go with Milner. Maybe he does make a, you know, goes for someone in the middle bit and goes for someone like Andy Robertson from Hull. But I'd rather us have a proper left back ready to go from the start of the yeah. season I think Milner's done a decent job to be honest but I think sometimes it's frustrating where your left back's having to check all the time before he puts a ball in defenders get set um, and he can't do it forever and he can't do it forever There's, um, I think some some of this hinges on whether they think Joe Gomez is his rehabilitation has been complete Joe Gomez could play everywhere across the back yeah. four and he's I think four at left back hasn't he as yeah, well, so. if you get the Joe Gomez pre his ACL injury that's 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 a really great option mm. in a squad but if they're not confident about Joe Gomez then I agree with you entirely in a 760 he's not even 17 have we seen yet. this manager put a centre half in a full back position have we seen him do it yeah at any stage has he put a centre half in a full back position 
Um, Clavin did a little bit one look at it and went we're not having that again has he ever put a centre half I think he's more likely to put a midfielder in a full back position than Mm. he is to put a centre half in a full back position well there you you go which sort of increases the possibility that that he goes for two left backs I agree with you that he won't want to mess his whole budget up on on left backs but I don't know what kind of money Robertson would command and what his his contract status is Cessignon's an interesting one because I think he signs his first pro contract on July the 1st with Fulham but there'll be some sort of buyout thing. I think Liverpool will have to pay him big wages for a 17-year-old, but which he will be by then. But I don't think the transfer fee will be particularly big. Maybe 20, 25 million gets you those two left backs. I don't know. Rob, do you think? I don't know. Well, Sessegnon's been talked as 15, 20 million. Yeah. Uh, okay, I was thinking, I was thinking 10, just because there'll be a clause somewhere that they'll negotiate. Maybe, maybe it's 30, 35. You, but there you go. Do you think what, he what looks at it and says, or thinks, if he has to, he could put Klein there and put Trent at right back? For, for certain games, I think I'm not saying it's an ideal situation at all. But if he has to kind of mix and match a little bit, he goes actually Nathaniel Clan. You can do me, you can do me five or ten league games there, and I'll bring Trent in and and, and hopefully kind of encourage his development. It's just another option potentially. I think so. Whilst I think this manager shows he doesn't love the fullback position in terms of uh, wanting his budget to go there, I also don't think he's going to complete the squad with four outstanding players and leave himself in a position where he might have to go to um, an under-23 unproven guy, a Randler or a Joe Maguire in his fullback positions, because the number of games is going to could go up by 40-50% this year. By 40 or 50%? Well, if The you, number of games could go up by 40 or 50%, that's not true. Well, how many go, how's the, what's the Champions League campaign? So if you get, if you get to the then. final, if you get to the final, let's 16. say, I mean, so you can get up to 60, I think. So well, okay, we, play, we play about 50 this season. Say... Tw- do you even say 12 there but say say you get to the FA Cup semi-final you can mm. add another what four there what a that's, season yeah but okay but that's 16 more games and okay. that's nearly 50% I'll tell you a point yeah. to so a certain my- extent but you said, just said there you don't think this manager will drip, dip down into the under 23s but well, that's literally what we've seen him do this season I don't think he. I don't think it was ideal. I mean, I think no, it was, was ideal. I don't think it was ideal. I, don't, I, I just wonder he, the, the purpose of this summer as much as anything. We've got a, a first eleven. I think everyone really likes. And I think the manager really likes. But it's but it, it lacks depth in, if you in place of injuries, even without do European you, football. I feel like I'm bullying you, but I'm going to keep going. Do, do you right. think? Do you think that, <laughs> that, that <laughs> would the, wouldn't the manager rather not have to dip down into his under twenty threes in, for instance, a position in the front three? Then have to dip down into his under twenty threes or into a slightly more junior role in the in the in, in for instance in fullback. This is what I think, and this is where I think you end up here. And I th- I think you have to take the Van Dijk and Kaiser links at a complete face value. Yeah. But what I think that would the knock on effect of that might be that there's two or three being bought in in a fi- in a front sort of final thirdish position. Maybe it's just two, and then maybe one left back, and that's your five. When you you know last somebody only really bought three outfield players. Yeah. If you know, I I don't quite see. I understand Rob your argument about you know you want a big squad, but I don't think he, I don't I don't quite see a, a six, maybe a six. I don't see a seven. I don't see an eight. An eight first team squad purchase summer. Maybe you're right. I mean, if you look at the fullbacks as a as a body of work in themselves, then I can get on board. Let's let's list them. At the moment we've got the two Klein and Milner, and you can throw in Trent now. Yeah, and you throw in Trent. If you throw in Sessignon, you've got four for two positions. It's. I don't know. It's still Sessignon and, and Trent Alexander, a 17-year-old and an 18-year-old, where Spurs have got Trippier and Davis. Um, notwithstanding, they might lose Kyle Walker. It's still, I don't, whatever way we dress it up, unless, and I keep saying this, unless, unless he has Joe Gomez in mind, it feels like to Flanagan. me. Flanagan. 
Flanagan. Can he come, is he coming back? Flanagan could come back. <laughs> I, but he could, I, I, I I'll, I'll say again, I think he'd be more likely to move a midfielder back to full-back than he would, to, than he would move a centre-half across. Uh, Mate, but if you're in... Sorry, I'll just... My, my final point. I think if he's in for if he's in for 180 million and to cross... And to, to add Robertson as just as an indulgence for another 20, I think he could do it. I'm not... You know, I'd be prepared to be proven wrong, but I wouldn't be surprised. I, th- I think he will look at around about six or seven players. You look at his Dortmund... Um, kind of tenure, he averaged around about seven players when he when he was manager at Dortmund in terms of recruitment. Um, but were they all coming into his first team squad not, as I'm going to be your first team not, player? Not always. And I think the other thing to think about as well in terms of those four positions that Neil's touched on is that there's a, a real likelihood that he moves Coutinho back um, in certain games, as we saw the other day. Um, so if Coutinho is going to play some football in that kind of you know centre of the pitch, then he's going to need another one in terms of potentially going forward as well. So. You know, you've you've got the likes of maybe Daniel Sturridge staying. Does he go? I think it's still 50-50, to be honest, but I wouldn't be surprised if he still leaves. So you can see him needing to add at least two. Um, and you don't know what you don't know what the Danny Ings situation is like either. No, we may not we may not see Danny Ings again yeah. either. He could well go out on loan. So if you're losing Ings, potentially Sturridge, you're going to have to bring in at least another two, maybe three, forward type players. I think. I think the squad player moves are interesting because I think they are there, and I think that the talk of Alex Oxlade Chamberlain is a, is a squad. Is a squad link, and it's how much you have to pay for a squad player. I notice Alex Oxlade Chamberlain is back, I think, in the Arsenal squad for the cup final or borderline. And to be fair, he can play right across that kind of forward yeah. part of the pitch. Isn't and, and also in midfield, uh, but you know, he, he, can't, he, can't play, he can't play anywhere when he's injured. No, true. No, no. And as he is a lot. As he is an awful lot. Yes, I'm not going to dispute it. It feels like a. I mean, I, I've kind of talked myself out of the Oxlade. Chamberlain links because I mean I think he's a player who's got a, a higher ceiling than what he's currently showing but when you look at his goal record and when you look at his injury record you're probably going to have to part with 20 million you know you've got to say is it is it worth it and I like the lad I think he's got a lot of potential but all of a sudden 20 million doesn't look like the 20 million that we were, we were talking about in March I think that's my point the, the yeah. 5 million you pick up Clavan yeah. for I think regardless of doubts about Clavan I think you try to buy Clavan this summer you're spending about 13, 14 million just Absolutely. to buy a Clavan so I, I, I thought, yeah. Well, I, I think a squad filler is around the twenty million mark. I think I think the average first team position is the fifty sixty, and the stellar front players cost is the, the sixty seventy eighties. That's we'll, that's the price on we'll the ticket. Do a little bit more on this after seven o'clock, but I do want to talk about the cup final. I want to talk about Arsenal because I want to get your perspectives on the, the situation in Arsenal uh, with reference to Wenger. Uh, at, off what we've seen at Liverpool in years gone by, because I think it'll be interesting ones uh, throughout that uh, in that conversation. But this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. We're going to go to a break. Uh, back in a second. Welcome back to the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Um, slightly difficult one, this. So just bear with me for a second. Uh, going out across Liverpool and as a podcast right now, there was a guy in Liverpool called John Hall, and he was the sound man in Leaf, and he did the sound when I hosted the Git Awards. I think it was back in about 2013 for the first time, and I ended up doing about seven hours on stage. And he had to work out how to do like ten act sound that night and mine and sort of keep me keep me going uh, throughout what was ridiculously difficult. But he was brilliant and he was brilliant then and he was brilliant. I I never I wouldn't call myself a friend of John, uh, but every single time we worked with him and we worked with him a fair few times, he was just brilliant in terms of both his professionalism and his support. He was brilliant to be around. Uh, you know, it's a daft thing to sort of say in many senses, but you know, doing events together, building stages, pulling chairs around, writing plans and doing timings and all of that. And John made it all just so easy. And he just liked what what we were trying to do. I don't even know if he was a football fan really, but he liked what we were trying to do and he understood the kindness and the gentility at the heart of anything. And so whenever we do any event, I'd always say I'd want John Hall to do the sound to look after the thing and all of that sort of stuff because you could trust him and he was great and he also understood that it was messing about and he made it fun and John died uh, last week um, I was young uh, you know in, in my head he's about my age I don't know how old he is as I say I wouldn't I wouldn't call John a friend but 
on behalf of the Anfield app, we wanted to say something. Um, we wanted to say something, you know, spoken to John about it and talked to Andy. And Because when we were doing these events with John, he was just absolutely fantastic. And he was just sort of on your side in the most honest of ways. So as someone, who, I, I want to sort of get this out really because I think a lot of the time people speak about people who passed away as friends. And But as someone who I just sort of worked with and worked quite closely with in quite intense circumstances professionally, it's just a real shame he's not around anymore. And I, I feel sad that this man just isn't out there sort of doing what he does. And I know so many bands in Liverpool feel the same way because of the way in which he went, he, he go about what he did. So, yeah, uh, he's going to be much missed. And I just want to take a minute or two to, to say that about, about John. And, uh, yeah, all the best. Denis by Blondie back now with on the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. And always a pleasure to be on Radio City Talk, Ian, Carl and Rob. Uh, let me sort of begin to put you on the spot then. You know, we were having a conversation before 7 o'clock about about the business and uh, uh, you know we, we got bogged down into chatting about left back but I don't think we're going to be alone in that this summer uh, and I, th- I think it's certainly going to wreck some heads when, when when first game of the season James Milner lines up there but um, not least James Milner's um, but, um, not again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he loves it um, it lets work out the how many you think Liverpool are bringing in? But I'm, I mean, first first choice outfield player, first team outfield players, first team squad outfield players. You, you've you've all mooted that Liverpool may end up spending around two hundred million this summer, uh, give or take. Uh, how many do you think they're going to bring in, Rob? Seven. I think seven's the right number. Assuming uh, there's no shock lever like Coutinho um, to Barcelona, but allowing for a possible lever like Sturridge, I would say seven. I'm going to go with the two fullbacks, the centre back. The, the central midfield player and three that can play in forward positions. Okay, um, Carl. I'll go on fewer than that. Higher or lower? I'll, I'll go lower than that. Uh, lower than a seven. And I'm, I'm taking off. I will take the seven. Um, I'll, I'll take off a forward for that. So you say a six, just because we missed people. Yeah, a six. Okay, uh, Ian. I'd say yeah, probably six. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being a seven. I think a lot will depend on. Obvious to say, but who goes out? So if he does lose, you know, a storage and, and maybe a, a Danny Ings, or he has to send out one or two of the younger lads out on loan, I wouldn't be surprised if it ended up being a seven. Okay, uh, all interesting stuff, and we're going to be covering it right the way through the summer at theanfieldrap.com. If you don't subscribe, uh, Rob's now doing two transfer shows a week from Sunday. He's uh, he's putting the hard yards in on that one, uh, and oh, he's yeah. going to have a, you're going to have a hell of a lot to talk about. We're also we're recording our transfer committee game this week, so I had to pull it all together. Have you had a look yet? Oh yeah, I have. Yeah, very good work. Uh, it's a lot. I've got a lot of names. <laughs> did you, on there, did you have a researcher on that? I had. Uh, I, I, I've, ended Josh. Up, I've ended up with a team of two uh, <laughs> on it in the end, uh, but but I did do a lot of my own research too, so I know a fair bit about those lads and can, oh, okay. uh, can yeah 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 there's some uh, names that were new to me yeah it's uh, some. yeah it doesn't seem <laughs> unlikely but that, that, that is true uh so we're going to be doing that and we're going to be looking at transfer stuff all the way through the summer at the anfieldrap.com if you don't subscribe to the, the, the player stuff obviously we will do that in the free shows as well but if you don't subscribe to the player stuff it's going to be a an interesting exciting summer and everyone in liverpool do end up signing we're probably going to be looking certainly if they're an interesting sign and doing two or three bespoke shows on them as well so the anfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe for all of that sort of stuff or anything that you need on that uh, be fantastic to listen to right the way through the summer but I want to get one of the cup final really and it's, it's 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 become a strange cup final in that the 50-50 football show and one of the things I said on it Carl was if this was Spurs Arsenal you'd be thinking can't wait if this was yeah. Chelsea versus City you'd be thinking with one eye on next season in a sense and Guardiola something to prove yeah. uh, you know what I mean a, a chance of a trophy this season can't wait this will be a really interesting game that it's Chelsea Arsenal partially because of what you think deep down about Chelsea-Arsenal when they face each other mm. what you think about this Arsenal side at the moment but also that 
it you don't feel as though it makes a profound difference to either side's season. Chelsea have won the league with 93 points and they're in great shape. I'm sure they'd love the double. Yep. Don't get me wrong. But they've, they've done the main task. Arsenal now, it would feel like if they did win it, it, it was a reward that won't make a difference to the way in which their supporters view their manager, rightly or wrongly, and we'll come yep. on to talk about that. It just seems sadly a little bit flat. Any any other, you know, if, if, if either of those other semi-finals go the other way, even, you know, Tottenham versus Manchester City would be, you know, that would get your attention. But this one become the one where you're a bit like, I, I think this might be the first cup final since 76 that I'm not going to watch. Really? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to watch it. Because I don't really care. So you watched whoever Portsmouth beat? Yeah. And you might not even... I don't even know Portsmouth beat. It was Cardiff. Cardiff, yeah. yeah I, I'm, 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 but you're not going to watch this Father was on the bench. So, yeah, <laughs> so I, I watched it for that. You had to get in that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think any can, anything can rescue Arsenal. I think even if they win the Cup, their fans are basically just going to say, yeah, it's another FA Cup, you know, but we didn't get top four. And, uh, and I think that's going to implode as it's doing at the moment as well. I think Chelsea are going to win it anyway, so that's another reason I won't watch it. And the reason I say that is because of what Chelsea did to Tottenham in the semi. I just thought that was really interesting. They were, you know, they were, they were struggling in that game for long periods, and they just basically got together and won it. And I don't think Arsenal are the sort of side who can take Chelsea that. So obviously Arsenal can win now. I've said that obviously, but 4-0 or something. But um, I, I'm, it's, I didn't even know the final was, was this week until about Monday. Completely forgot about it. And then I had to think who was in the final. So, just not interested. I think Arsenal are going to win. I think they're in good form. Really? Yeah, I do. Well, they won five on the bounce. Yeah. You know, people, I did some shows the other day where we were all writing Arsenal off for next season. As, as, as I think you said, said a couple of minutes ago, Arsenal finished the season on 75 points. Behind Liverpool, 75 points. I don't know when that didn't last get you top four. So Wenger kind of does the Wenger algorithm of, of getting that around that total of points. Again, he, after they lose to Tottenham a few weeks ago, he said he's asked, I remember vividly, do you think you can get top four? He goes, well, we're going to need to win all our games. So what did he do? He went out and won all his games. It, did, it wasn't good enough for them. But I do think we're very prone to think to writing a Wenger off, and he is very relentless. And the people go, oh, well, they're off, as though they've fallen over a cliff by not finishing fourth. They haven't. The, the heat on him is enormous. I think he's an incredibly resilient human being and, and always able to bring performances out of players, most of all when his back's properly against the wall. And it has been against the wall for some time. I think this may be a swan song, but I think he will do it. Well, what's mad about it, sorry, is, is that it, they got four points more than last year. And they were runners up last year. Yeah, go so, for so, it. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so you think, you know, you run us up, you get four more points, you're in with a shout, fifth. That's ridiculous. Yes. I mean, yeah, exactly. It is. It, there is something a bit nutty about it, and it's a testament to, to Liverpool's achievement it, as it well. It is. No, no one's handed it out top four this year. You know, there's been years gone by where you get top four with 60, 65 points. Yeah. Liverpool have had to go two points a game this year to get top four. So, no, no, no one's handed it out. And as you said there, Carl, you know, 71 points got your second last year. So, yeah. no, things have, things have kicked on. But. In terms of the cup final, I, I, I can't see past the Chelsea win. I'm starting to feel sorry for Wenger. I know a lot of Arsenal fans, I was going to say 50-50 split now. It feels like it's more like 70-30. You know, they've turned on him. And you, you, if he does stay, and maybe maybe you know he announces something if they, if they win tomorrow, but you feel like next season, if they start badly, you, you, you can't even imagine how how it's going to feel for Wenger because they're, they're going to turn even more and, and, and I do start to feel sorry for him you know, he, he's almost a victim of his own success you know the first 10 years at Arsenal he, he built tremendous sides and he got, a, he got a bit lucky he came into a, to a great keeper and a great back four um, but he brought in players who could play football 
but they could they could they could, they could win a battle as well. You know, you weren't yeah. bullying the likes of of Vieira and Petit and Enelka and Terry Henry. You weren't bullying those lads. Yeah. And if you, you tried to play football against them, they, they played off the park. Yeah. Well, without they, Abramovich and Sheikh Mansour, what yeah. does Arsenal's last ten years look like? Exactly. It's, it's a, a, a you know touch what, better C- compared to. I mean, comp- a lot of clubs would take Arsenal's last ten years. Let's, yeah. let's be fair. You know, it's top four every year, bar this year, and they've put a couple of uh, pots in the cabinet as well. You know, they've won two of the last three FA Cups. So there's been some good stuff there, but I think you know. Arsenal fans were living on a promise of we move into a new stadium and we kick on and we go and start challenging in Europe and they've, they've never come close to that. You know, they don't, they very rarely make it past the last 16. They've had one European Cup final uh, in what, since in 2006 against Barca. They've not got close since. So I think Arsenal fans just feel like they need to change. And sometimes it's be careful what you wish for. You know, you don't know who you're going to get in. You know, there's, there's talk of people like Simeone coming in, but that means a change of philosophy, totally different style of play. Um, but I think maybe Wenger gives it one more year. Um, but you do you do fear for him if it, if they don't win tomorrow and they start poorly next season. Uh, but in terms of the cup final, it, it's hard to see after Chelsea win. I think what I think what may may do for him and has done for him at Arsenal, and it's often talked about just this relentless "it's only for" thing. I think it might have more to do with Europe, uh, in as much as his. His, his not succeeding in the league has also coincided with the Premier League's big guns not succeeding in the Champions League. And it's not just Arsenal, but Arsenal's performances in the Champions League, I may be wrong, I need to see the stats, feels like they've got progressively worse in the last half dozen years. They're not going much past the 16. Yeah, it doesn't help when you meet Barca and Bayern in the last well, 16 well, every it. time. And, and that season where they yeah. they top the group, they end up getting, still end up getting Bayern Munich. Yeah. So well, it's, well you know, there you go. They've, they've not had a lot of luck. I think th- there's been a, a stellar core at the, outside of England who've kept every... We've kept all English ambitions at bay, and I think that's further uh, compromised Wenger's position. And I do think I can't, from a Liverpool perspective, whenever we've had a manager who's just survived the season, and you know he's under pressure going into the next, it never ends well. And I can't think of many examples where it just it turns around. And as you say, the pressure is going to be ridiculous. Arsenal have got into the habit in recent seasons of starting in a, in, in a gingerly fashion, to put it best. So. I don't know. It, it doesn't look good for him. They, they feel like a nice team to play against Arsenal, don't they? You know, if you're going into a cup final and you had to play one of the top five or six sides and you had to choose one, you'd probably choose Arsenal yeah, I would, because I would. You, if you get stuck into them, there's a. I think there's a thought around other teams that if you get stuck into Arsenal and you turn it into a bit of a scrap and a bit of a war, that you can bully them. And, and, and certain players, like the likes of Ozil, who's got undoubted talent, those kind of players go missing a little bit. Um, and you, you feel like maybe... Um, there's a, there's a there's an a awful lot of work they've done at Arsenal. You know, there's an awful lot, and you, you struggle to see maybe you know this season where the do they get back in the top four in the next couple of years? You, you could easily see a situation where they're the ones who, who who miss out now for the for the foreseeable future. I think if they do get a new guy in, I think they'll cut the new man all the slack in the world. Yeah, I, I almost think they'll they could enjoy finishing fifth next season with a new guy and talk talk uh, and get to a, a league cup final or something. they could they could enjoy that again i feel like they could get on board with the project if they saw progress they'll talk themselves into into a situation as supporters do that they have to go backwards to go forwards i think they almost need the relief of wenger leaving regardless of how good and competent he is but if that happens then it's they need all he needs all the faith if he stays but if that happens it's uh, the whole thing suddenly with the fifth place finish the other five sides in england being in the Champions League, this is a thing all of a sudden mm. that that is it's it's a whole new normal. So whichever way they go, for me, Rob, it does feel like a step into an abyss. It does feel like a set of questions, no matter which direction they turn next. It is a little bit well what what on earth what on earth is this on top of everything else? 
Yeah, it feels like there's no big wins for them in, in any direction. They keep Wenger. Is he suddenly going to turn it around? You could, they could, you could, you could build a case for Arsenal not being in the top European competition, but liberated from from the pressure of number of games. And maybe he does do something remarkable again. But it's, it feels unlikely. So there doesn't feel like a great win for Arsenal next season if they do persist with with Arsenal. Uh, and if they change, yeah, as you said, they're not in the Champions League. And you guys got it's it's hard. It's going to be hard to better what Arsene Wenger does. And and if anything, there's always going to be an element of a rebuild. So if it is Simeone, who would be something of a dream appointment because of his stature in the European game, and I don't think they'd get him necessarily. But they do get him. He has a, a very very different style of football to Arsene Wenger. Plus, also it's Thursday Sunday. Yeah, there's that too. Year. They've still got a sizable squad, so I think yeah. they could do well still in still that. Still hard com- though. That's yeah, hard yeah, they could yeah. do well in that competition. But I wouldn't. It's your ten fighting for it. It feels like there's no happy outcomes, whatever decision the board no. makes. I think the Sanchez thing's huge as well. You know, if, mm. if Sanchez goes, and, I, and if reports are to be believed, they've offered him around about two hundred seventy grand a week to stay. But if he does go, it's how do you go and replace him? You know, we had, we had a similar issue when Suarez left, and yeah. I think Suarez is obviously a, a, a better player, but but he's just as important if you like to what to that Arsenal team. And if he suddenly goes, then does Ozil say actually maybe I go as well? And and it's a bit of a domino effect. I, well, I think that's the, the 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 killer for Arsenal is looking at that. You know, not just the idea of but whether, whether Wenger stays or goes, but we're talking about a player who scored an unbelievable number of away goals this season, Sanchez. And when you talk about what Arsenal have done well under Wenger, Carl, and would need to continue to do well unless there was an unbelievable sea change when you mention the three of you mentioned the soft touch stuff is the the good at getting the points on the board against the side they should that's how they got to 75 points yeah, this season that's exactly. how they ended up where they got to but a massive part of that's Alexis Sanchez who suddenly you know pops up and does something for you on you know when you need something with half an hour to go away from home it's he'll, a diff- he'll, he'll, at your difficult place to go he'll, he'll get you the goal at home I'm not sure if he did or do that but you know he's that sort he of did player score <laughs> yeah and yeah. Uh, Sunderland yeah, he got, he's got yeah, he's good, good ahead yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, and that's those sort of players are the ones you want all the time. You, you want the tricky goal scorer. It's not the lad who's going to get you the third goal, the Ryan Babel from yesteryear. Um, you, you want some player who, can, who basically can knuckle in and do that sort of thing. And fifth in the league, Europa League football, I don't know who that player is going to be for them. Wages, obviously, is a big thing there. But uh, you wonder what you wonder where Alexis is. Sanchez might go. I think anyone who matches Arsenal. Well, that's way. the thing. Who can he go to? Bayern he's Munich is a club that's Bayern's been linked to him yeah. strongly. Have um, they? Yeah. He, I, you see, I don't think he doesn't go back to Spain with one thing or another. And I think I think he wouldn't more psychologically wouldn't want to go back. To I don't. I mean, players will go anywhere if the money's right. Yeah. And they're in City, the City were linked as well, and Chelsea. So there's been there's been obviously Pep's had him before. Um, Arsenal can resist, can fight, can they can cause a problem for those clubs. He's not out of contract. So it's yeah. not easy for those clubs to do those deals. So maybe it depends on how, how much Bayern wants him. But you can't see a player like that settling for a season out of the Champions League and possibly beyond. He's not, he's not, he's not young, Sanchez, is he? Was he 27 now? Yeah, about that. He's about, yes, he's about 27. Yeah, you need, no, this is, his next, this is his final big move, if you know what I mean. Yeah. There's always the final payoff, but what I mean is this is also the move where he may well be looking at his medal collection as well and thinking, yeah. well, he wants more of X and he wants more of Y. And I think I, th- I think they're all interesting. I think you know with the very fact that earlier on we were talking about Oxley Chamberlain as an example, but that's someone who they've had. It, it doesn't, uh, Carl. One of the things that you think here is that it wouldn't surprise you if there was a mass exodus, and then suddenly yeah. uh, mass exodus is a strange thing. The the things which you know I always remember the uh, the Rogers uh, Rogers's first summer when you know there was suddenly there was a lot of players who were just who were just leaving Liverpool, yeah. and it took Liverpool sort of four or five months under Brendan Rogers the new type of football on the one hand, but also just sorting out who's playing and who's not yeah. for that period of time that follows. If All of that's very possible. Yeah, absolutely. And um, 
and they're just getting older as well. Because um, has been there for years. I don't know how old he is now. Shelley's in his thirties, and he's, 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 yeah. he's not playing yeah. tomorrow, by the way, as well. Which no, is also key. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really, really tricky because they could lose most of the midfield. You know, there's some doubts about Jacker still and Cochran, but um, they are going to lose the stardust, I think. And I just don't see where they recruit it from. Wages is the answer, obviously, to that. And London, I suppose. But it's gonna be, that's going to be really tricky, that Champions League. That's going to be really, really difficult. It's going to be very difficult indeed, Rob. It's, it, it, it's, it's why it's important, I think, when we're talking about Liverpool here and when we, you know, to, to almost bring the show back to where we started, why it's important to see that level of investment from Liverpool this summer because it's an opportunity to, at the very least, swap the top four, the top six situation and maybe turn it into a bit of a top five. And then from there, you'd be looking to pick off another one. If you were planning, as I'd like to think Liverpool are, for for years of being in the shake-up in the league, if not necessarily winning it every year, though that should always be the aim, but the the, the creating a little bit of a, a hegemony with other clubs. Yeah, Liverpool face, Liverpool's challenge, and I think the reason we're hearing noise about Liverpool having to spend big and, and talking and already admitting to wanting to buy significant numbers of players, uh, and managers tend to underplay these numbers uh, historically, in my, in, in my experience. Uh, I think the reason we're hearing is there's something... The champ- let's call it the Champions League paradox. For the likes of Liverpool and Spurs, they labour to get into the Champions League, but being in it hugely compromises their ability to get back in it because yeah. they're playing too many games and therefore getting the top four again. And I think everyone's forearmed, forewarned and forearmed on this now. There's no excuses. Yeah. And, and, and Liverpool have this opportunity to cement this position ahead of Arsenal to make sure they, that they are champions, they're top, top four regulars, but it is going to require the investment and the bodies on the ground to make sure that happens. No, I agree. I mean, from Liverpool's point of view, you don't want it to be a case of you get in the Champions League and you can't sustain it and you fall out again which is what happened last time and we've had one appearance in it you know in the last seven years yeah. so you want it to be sustainable and the, I take Rob's but the only way it's going to be sustainable is if you if you back the manager and get the right players in and get that recruitment piece uh, in there as perfect as you, as you possibly can and I and I think Arsenal will will struggle to, to kind of bridge that gap now you know they've, they've not been the highest payers I know they're looking to pay Sanchez 270 now but there's been loads of haggling between those lads for a long time because Arsenal aren't big players similar to, to Spurs and Liverpool they've always hovered around the 150k a week mark which sounds like huge amounts of money but when you're up against the United and a Chelsea yeah. and a City who pay their bench that kind of money yeah. you know you, you, you're way off pace okay then uh, it's all going to play itself out as an absolutely fascinating summer as I said before with the Anfieldrap.com you can pay attention to all of it very quickly I'll have your, your cup final predictions please gentlemen I will have your cup final predictions uh Oh, who should I go to first? Should we go to Carl? For the to, match you're not going to watch. For the match I'm not going to watch. I might watch a bit of it. I'm at a barbecue. Um, <laughs> 2-1 Chelsea. Now, you might have to talk to people if you don't watch it, Carl. Uh, <laughs> look at it that way. 2-1 uh, Chelsea. They, they did that. Hang on. 3-1. Um, 3-1 says Ian. Chelsea, presumably Rob. Chelsea, yeah. 2-1 Arsenal. 2-1 Arsenal. Very quickly, Carl's come in. Uh, I just want to end the show mentioning his, uh, his huge Jack the Ripper project. Carl, give it a plug. Thank you very much. Uh, I wrote a 10-week series called 10 Weeks in Whitechapel, which I know read, Rob's read every word of, uh, and it's currently being narrated by me. Um, I've been told to slow down a lot uh, when I talk, <laughs> along with famous, um, famous in their own world, ripperologists who will be reading things out. So I wrote a 10-week series about the five murders in 1888, and, uh, and I've been invited to go and talk at the Jack the Ripper conference in the East End in August. What's the web address? About it. Uh, 10 Weeks in Whitechapel at uh, dot... Sorry dot wordpress.com 
10 weeks from my chapel.wordpress.com. Yeah. Do you tell us who did it at the end? No. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> That's all Rob's in it for. That's all Rob's in it for. Listen, thank you very much to Ian, Carl, and Rob for the Anfield wrap this week. We've all had a ton of fun here in the studio. Uh, hope you have too. Uh, Liverpool don't have a game this weekend. It's the first week without one. I don't know about anyone else, but I'm slightly happy about the rest. Sports Social Podcast Network.